Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? Happy to be with you once again here for another episode of Canadians Connection, episode 19 of the Canadians Connection podcast, which means the Larry Robinson edition of uh, of this podcast. And I'm glad to be joined by the Larry Robinson to my Terry Harper, Mr. Rick Stevens. My goodness, you got Terry Harper in there. That's, that's I did. Uh... That's nicely done. Also, also a number nineteen, and uh, yeah, of of his time was probably, um, I mean, rugged and uh, stay yeah. at home, and and allowed uh, pretty much allowed uh, his defense partners to play offense. Yeah, and he's got five Stanley Cup rings. So I said, you know what, I'll be, I'll, be I'll be kind to myself this week with a with a comparison that uh, that is favorable to not only you but me as well. So nicely uh, done. I figured get a nice other legend that wore number 19 in the mix for this week. So uh, you, sir, are in, <laughs> you were in uh, Allentown last night. You're following the Laval Rocket around. So you were in Allentown last night. You're, you're going to be in Hershey again later on today. So how the Laval Rocket been doing uh, uh, this past, I mean, last night and now headed into another game tonight? Well, yes, I'm, I'm excited because right after this podcast, I'll be in Chocolate Town, Hershey, Pennsylvania, mm. and, and you can indeed smell <laughs> chocolate when, in when the you air. head to the rink. Um, and it's also, it's a, it's a great, uh, the Giants Center is a great place to see a game, as is the PPL Center where I was last night yeah. uh, with the Laval Rocket, um, with the AHL.Report team. Amy Johnson was there, myself, and, and uh Saw a rather uh, entertaining game. Um, the Rocket came out on the wrong side uh, mm. of the score, 3-2. They lost to the Phantoms. Um, but as I said, it was it was just uh, uh, the Rocket. It was, as it has been all season, their inability to score, um, particularly on a, uh, a five-minute uh, power play advantage. Um, there was... Uh, a situation where uh, 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 Anton Wakehead uh, he he took a run at at Mark Friedman and, um, and Tyler Goldborn didn't like it and just yeah. unleashed a flurry of of uh, wild swings at at Wakehead. Wakehead just ended up protecting himself. Um, yeah. So the uh, uh, the the Rocket ended up with a five minute power play. Didn't didn't generate a whole lot right right there and um it was um yeah it was it was it was it was tough um yeah. uh, the 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 good part the the positive part was that Charlie Lindgren um uh, was was back in the goal and and he's been suffering with a lower body injury for some time now um yeah. he didn't look um uh, 100% let's say but but uh, uh, he was solid uh, in the net for um, uh, the Rocket and uh, the Phantoms. Uh, there, the winning goal came on their own five-on-three. 
uh, when the uh, when the Rocket were shorthanded in the third period. So, yeah. Um, yeah so today, uh, I mean, the, the Rocket have been on a bit of a roll. Uh, they've been climbing up the standings um, and are not too far out uh, behind uh, the Toronto Marlies for a playoff position. Yeah. Uh, but they'll yeah. be looking for uh, they'll be looking for a win uh, tonight in in Hershey. Yeah, and it's just important to remember that Joe Bouchard does not need a good power play to uh, to win hockey games. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> so yeah, but they are actually within striking distance. So if they can put together a bit of a run, perhaps uh, that starts tonight against the Hershey Bears. You will be there. Amy will be there, and. And yeah, there ain't no rest for the uh, no rest for the wicked. You guys are uh, the Montreal Canadiens are on their on their All Star break, and will then have a, a few more days off after it finishes. And after coming off this week, where uh, in last week the Montreal Canadiens had their winning streak snapped by the Philadelphia Flyers with a five two defeat, and uh, they bounced back though on, on this past Wednesday with a two one win over Arizona. So. Perhaps they go into the All-Star break with uh, with a little bit of momentum, and they come out the other end. They'll be playing uh, this. Uh, they'll be playing next week, rather, and that will be their next game. And uh, it'll be the nice Super Bowl matinee games. That's going to be uh, going to be a good bit of fun. It it will be, and um, yeah, that, just a heads up, I guess. Yeah, uh, for our regular <laughs> listeners, that we're going to be on the air an hour earlier because of the yes. the Super Bowl matinees. Uh, we're going to be on the air one hour earlier. Uh, that's noontime uh, in the East. And and uh, what's the translation? What is it where you are? So that would be uh, that'd be 12 Eastern. That's 1.30 p.m. Newfoundland time. All right. So we'll 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 get all of the uh, all the Newfoundlanders will be uh, well and ready to go. They'll be finished eating by that point probably. Some people do it a little bit later here, but anyways, I digress. Uh, shall we dive in? Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a different spin on winners and losers this week. Shall we dive right in and I'll explain after? All right. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. So considering the Montreal Canadiens, this is the all-star break. This is a special episode of the Canadians Connection. We've decided to go in a little bit of a different direction for the winners and losers. Usually we go with the winners and losers of the week, but considering Montreal has played 51 games and uh, you can say that this is the, uh, the, the halfway point of the season, we've decided to go with the winners and losers of the first half. So Rick, would you like to bat lead off on this or will I? All right, I'll go ahead. Um, Perfect. Are we doing winners or losers first? I suppose we'll go with the winners. We'll keep things positive and then we'll go with the, uh, with the losers. All right. <laughs> That sounds good to me. Um, yeah, I, uh, when, when I was preparing the post, had uh, winners and losers of the week, and I used the strikeout. No, not the week. Uh, ah. First half, well, no, that would be uh, 41 games. So, no, strike that out. Uh, not uh, So, it's winners and losers of the first 51 games. And yeah. um, for me, uh, looking back, um, there, was, there was really uh, no other choice than Carey Price. Um, it's funny because, um, you know, at the beginning of the season, um, uh, there was this narrative actually started by Mark Bergevin that, that the Canadians were winning without Carey Price. And, and certainly the, the Canadians were, were uh, scoring goals at the beginning of the season. Uh, that's dropped off uh, considerably uh, since the month of October. 
but as people kind of revisit that and massage it and 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 all that kind of stuff, it's it's that that um, Carey Price had a bad start to this season, and and you know it always helps us to go back and and um, and kind of look at things. Um, and so Arpen Basu a couple of days ago put out um, month by month Carey Price's numbers. Yeah. In October, he was four two and two nine fifteen save percentage two twenty four goals against. Not that's, there's nothing wrong with that. No. <laughs> um, it was November where where he dipped, and we learned of his his um, uh, injury that's kind of turned into a lingering nagging yeah. injury. Uh, so his numbers dipped there. In December, he was lights out eight and uh, eight and three. Uh, 916 save percentage, uh, nine, uh, 242 goals against. In January, five and three, and and as we talked about, I think last week, uh, he's been much better than those the win loss numbers uh, uh, say because he had a he has in or had in January a 953 save percentage, and a 151 goals against. Um, so I think it's important to look back and and. Um, you know, see how he compares around the league, and and um, uh, he's played 38 games. He's even with the injury and being out for uh, a couple of games here and there. Um, at 38 games played, he's uh, one of the workhorses in the league. He's tied for the uh, tied for fourth for the uh, the most uh, games played, um, and he hasn't had a lot of help because he's in the top no, ten yeah. in shots faced. <laughs> Um, he's in the top 10 in high danger shots against, and yeah. he's in the top 10 in high danger save percentage. Um, so all that is, um, you know, shows his, his value. Um, as we talked about last week, goals saved above average. That's, that's a key indicator. Um, he's seventh there, his goalie point share, the number of points that, um, is exclusively due to, to uh, 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 performance, he's fourth in in that that particular metric, um, and he's added eight points. And those eight points, if you take them away, put uh, the Canadians behind Buffalo and Carolina, and certainly out of the playoffs. So, yeah. all of those things go to show that you know it hasn't been a couple of games, it hasn't been a month, it has been the whole year that he's been yeah uh, rather <laughs> dominant. And that was just kind of emphasized this week. Um, the Arizona game on Wednesday, uh, Carey yeah. Price won his 20th game of the season. And uh, that now is at least nine seasons where he's won, um, or uh, sorry, it's nine seasons where he's won at least 20 games. And that equals a uh, Canadian's franchise record um, and puts him with uh, Jacques Plante and Patrick Waugh um, for that yeah. particular honor. And as we know, he's now at, 306 career wins, which is just uh, eight back of Jacques Plante. So um, yeah. another great season for Gary Price, uh, and certainly um, in in part of his storied career, he um, he has been uh, quite amazing for for the uh, for the Canadians, and and certainly uh, I had no trouble in in uh, determining <laughs> my. Um, best player of of the 51 games played by the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and it shows in how many times that he's popped up in our winner as as, our, as a winner of the week uh, equal to to all of the remarkable stats that you just 
pulled up uh, about you know his uh, ninth season of 20 or more wins along with and having 306 career wins I mean him being a winner of the week for I'll, I'll take a guess and say six times or so <laughs> that's right up there with them so <laughs> Carey Price I think that's a very well-deserved choice for the winner of the first 51 games of the season he has been remarkable and it's going to kind of bleed into my winner of the week because it kind of coincides with the return of one Shea Weber. And that's not to say that Carey Price wasn't good before. You've listed off his numbers in October. They were fine. There's nothing, there's 915 save percentage. That, that's, that's, a, that's a really good save percentage. But we've seen Carey Price shift into a whole other gear since Shea Weber has returned to this lineup. And that is because... You just put a guy in front of Carey Price that not only is, I mean, and sometimes it was a struggle with, with Jeff Petrie and his band of merry men. You didn't really have a, a whole lot of comp, like, you know, good defensemen that were reliable, that were, that you could really trust. And it led to Jeff Petrie getting overextended into games where he'd be up in the 25 minute, 30 minute mark in, in, a, in one particular game. So it's, it's the return of Shea Weber that I think, Yes, Carey Price, before he returned, there's no question. He is, Carey Price has won a heart trophy. He's done a lot of incredible things. But you add Shea Weber in front of that, and it's, it's just been a, a remarkable stretch for both of these guys. Because, I mean, since Shea Weber's returned, since the captain has returned to the lineup, the Montreal Canadiens have gone 17-10. and 10. Which, you know, that's, that's and, and, and they had some, they had a four-game win streak in there. So, they've put together a little bit more of that respectable run while other teams have kind of fallen out or, you know, have been on that slump kind of where you have the Leafs that have stumbled just a little bit and it's opened up that door for the Montreal Canadiens and the Boston Bruins and the Montreal Canadiens. I'm not quite sure going into this season, or actually I'm quite sure (laughs) that uh, I, I didn't see them in this, in that mix in the Atlantic division, but now you have, this after Tampa Bay, you have Toronto, Montreal, Boston, and it's really, it, it's going to be interesting to see how all this unfolds because, quite frankly, I'm not sure that Montreal has that type of, you know, the type of skill required to keep up with those other two teams. I could be wrong on that. Carey Price and Shea Weber more than more than capable of of making a team look better than they are. But you know, you look at Shea Weber's numbers and in, in, in 27 games, he's got 16 points already. He's plus 11. He's got an average time on ice of 24 minutes, 16 seconds. He's fifth in point shares, 3.9. He's only played 27 games. This, to me, you look at this as, and if the Montreal Canadiens end up, and we're going to be talking a bit later on in this show about their playoff aspirations, if they're going to get there, you look back at the return of Shea Weber as probably the turning point of this season because you get back a guy that is not only one of the best defensemen you know, well, clearly the best defenseman on this team, but one of the best in the league who is, who is a force on both sides of the puck. And, and quite frankly, I mean, with, with due respect to Jeff Petrie and everyone that was playing before that, there's a significant uh, improvement here. There is a team that looks like they have a little bit more of, of an identity and everyone's playing in a role that actually suits on wonders for this team. And you could only hope that, the power play starts to figure it out a little bit and use Shea Weber as the weapon that he is, because this could go like they could, they could be a better team than they've, than they've been. 
if they can actually get this power play clicking at a bit of a higher level. And Shea Weber would be a massive part of that if this ever does get on the right track. But, you know, if, if the Montreal Canadiens are going to go anywhere, it's going to be on the back of the guy that you mentioned, Carey Price and, and Shea Weber. Uh, no argument there. Shea Weber has been um, <laughs> certainly all-star uh, uh, caliber as we're talking about yeah. the all-star weekend, uh, as has Carey Price. Uh, Carey Price chosen to go to the all-star game, but uh, Mark yeah. Bergevin <laughs> said, no, we want you to rest, and Carey agreed with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it certainly would have been nice to see Shea Weber uh, in the uh, harder shot uh, competition oh, for sure. uh, last night. Yeah, and John John Carlson was the uh, winner, correct? He's a 102, and I believe, if uh, memory serves correctly, Shea Weber was at about 103 or 104 in the Montreal Canadian skill competition a little while That's ago. That's right, so, with uh, Petrie just right behind. Yeah, so, I mean, that would have been something to behold if uh, Shea Weber, and that's that's a, so I've got a bit of a, a bone to pick with the uh, the format. I would like to see more players there. But anyway, that's a topic maybe for another day, maybe maybe a little bit later on. But we'll 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 get there when we get there. But we'll uh, move on to the losers for now. So would you like to get us started? Sure. Um, as 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 you said uh, at the at the opening of the show, I uh, with the Rocket um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for their. Uh, um, uh, games this weekend and and uh, uh, it kind of I, I, when I thought about uh, who might be um, the the loser um, of the first uh, 51 games it it was it was kind of staring me right in the face when I was here and and you know I I I, I, I see last night there was uh, Xavier Willette and uh, David Schlemko in the in the in the lineup. Um, Carl Alsner was, was, uh, a paper transaction, uh, was sent down to, to the rocket this week. Um, yeah. although he, he's not, uh, he's not in Pennsylvania. He won't play, didn't play last night. It's not with the team won't play tonight. Uh, but I thought, and, and, and listen, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not going to take it out on anyone in particular, but it just, um, I, I think it's uh, the defense, uh, particularly on the left side, has has uh, struggled, and and I think that's uh, Mark Bergevin, who hasn't, uh, who didn't really do anything um, over the summer to fill that hole. I, actually, he did, but but uh, you know he he has too many of the same. Not not same kind of defenseman that this the the defenseman with the same sort of limitations let's say yeah um so you've you you have Jordy Ben and Mike Riley and, and Victor Meta and 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 particularly um you know we've we've not ever seen for the for the Rocket um it's been great uh it's, it's yeah <laughs> it's led to them winning uh, some games to have all of this uh, NHL talent coming down. Because uh, usually uh, when they're filling holes, it's coming from the ECHL. So there's a huge gap between ECHL and, and uh, NHL talent, even if it's fringe yeah. NHL talent coming down. Oh, but yeah. to have Xavier Ouellette, David Schlemko, Carl Alsner, Victor Mata, Noel Juleson, Brett Kulak, <laughs> and for a time, don't forget, Simone Dupre, uh, yeah. seven defenseman with significant NHL experience in the Rockets lineup, as I said, a help for the Rocket, no question there. But 
but it has to, it has to point back to the general manager and say, you know, something's wrong here. Something, something is desperately wrong um, in that you're counting on, on these guys um, to fill in a role. And um, it, it just didn't, it just didn't work out that way. Um, And, you know, if, 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 I, I I go back to um, um, you know when when Mark Bergevin thought uh, Hemsky was the solution for the for the first line and and Mark Streit was was a, a solution for the top pairing um, uh, you know the, the it's 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 uh, kind of overvaluing talent or at least um, uh, giving them expectations that uh, are are going to be difficult to fulfill, and I I, I yeah. thought back to um, an article. Uh, Jeff Chaumont, who is uh, one of the, one of the guys I I I like and and respect, uh, he wrote an article when Xavier Willette was was um, uh, signed on July first, and I mean. Uh, Xavier Ouellette has, has connections. Um, Dominic Ducharme uh, coached him. Uh, Joel Bouchard coached him in junior. Yeah. But also uh, Dominic uh, Ducharme coached with, with uh, Xavier Ouellette's dad, Bob uh, in France. Uh, they were both player coaches at the time. So there, it, it, it's understandable why you bring in guys like that. But, but when you read his quotes, um, he said that before uh, this is Xavier Willette, uh, before I, I signed my contract, I spoke to Joel Bouchard and my message to him was very clear and direct. I'm signing a contract with the Canadians to play in Montreal. I, 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 with, you know, no disrespecting Joel Bouchard, no disrespecting Laval rocket, but I don't intend to play for the Laval rocket this year, I'm an NHL defenseman. I'm paraphrasing. Um, yeah. The interview was in French, but um, so he has, he has uh, that kind of conversation with Joel Bouchard, some sort of assurances goes ahead and signs um, and, and now <laughs> finds himself in the position where he said he, he wouldn't be. Um, yeah. So I, I think that that uh, the Canadians have to do uh, Mark Bergevin has to do a better job. Yes, there's these connections. Uh, yes, you want you want to bring in guys that you're comfortable with, but not putting them in a position to fail, not not uh, putting all your hopes and, and dreams on on uh, guys when when there's been a track record to follow that Xavier Willette was not going to be the answer. Uh, to the yeah. Canadians' defense, and and now we find him um, suiting up with, uh, and and helping certainly helping the uh, the Rocket on on uh, with their power play, their struggling power play, and and yeah. uh, but I I think you know if if when I look back at a loser for the first 51 games, it would have to be Mark Bergevin and that cadre of defense that he tried <laughs> to put together that uh, just hasn't worked at all. Yeah, and I mean, if you look back over the course of this, has been a theme. This has been a running theme over the first, the unofficial first half of the season is that the Montreal Canadiens on that left side have had a, a lot of issues, and a lot of them were before 
the return of Shea Weber, but they've still kind of had those kind of issues from time to time where you, you see a guy that might be in a little bit over his head or might be a little bit uh, being asked a little bit too much of, uh, of him, of himself. So it, it's a little bit difficult to, to blame them for this because it is kind of been going on for quite a while. And, you know, the Montreal Canadians have made a habit of in, in the off season of getting guys, as you mentioned, a guy like Hemsky with the hope that he could be the guy that, that fixes some of their, their scoring issues. But, you know, they have to be a little bit more realistic with this. And, and to me, I, I think that that left side of the defense was kind of the, the encapsulation of all of those things uh, for this part, for this uh, unofficial first half of the season. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Victor Meta has done a, done a really nice job of kind of solidifying that and being a guy that can be trusted to play alongside Weber. So we'll see how that continues in the, uh, in the second half of the season. So um, I'll very quickly go through my loser of the week, uh, loser of the first half, rather falling into a bad habit there. <laughs> and uh, my loser of the week, uh, loser for this uh, first half of the season is Jonathan Drewen. And I understand like when I say that people are going to, you know, say, well, you know, that's a little bit, harsh and and you know to an extent though I will agree with like he's put up 37 points in 51 games and look, that's acceptable you know it's fine it's it's a guy who has a lot of skill that doesn't necessarily apply himself on a nightly basis and he's gotten 37 points and I'm not quite sure if you know maybe he had his intensity dialed up just a little bit more if that couldn't be closer to where Max Domi is with with 44 points and, and I think this is going to be the thing to look out for because the Montreal Canadiens, as I said, I don't know if they have the skill up front to continue to keep pace with the teams like Toronto and Boston. And that's a concern going forward, especially when a guy like Jonathan Drouin can be a different player night to night. And, you know, a lot of the times, I mean, last there was a, the game against Boston that went to overtime. He was a turnover machine that night. And, those are the types of games where you need Jonathan Drouin to be some sort of a, of an offensive force. And he just quite frankly was not that. And the Montreal Canadians, I mean, if they're going to, even, let's say that they're in the playoffs, that they get there. Well, unless you're in that first wild card spot, then you're probably going to have to play against an Atlantic division opponent and it's not going to be easy. And they're going to need Jonathan Drouin to be more than he has been. And one stat that I thought that was, that just kind of showed everything that you might need to know is expected plus minus. And he ranks lower than Nick Delorier, Andrew Shaw, and Michael Chaput in expected plus minus, which calculates what a player's plus minus would probably be. I mean, it just kind of uses where shots are coming from for their own team and for the team that they're playing and uses that as a way to show what a player's impact actually is. And for Jonathan Drouin, he's got a uh, minus 2.3 expected plus minus, which means that roughly he is giving up more opportunities, more high quality scoring opportunities than he is getting. And that is an issue for the Montreal Canadiens, a team that recently, I mean, up until, I mean, the first half or the first little bit of this season, they're scoring five on five was a strength of this team and it's dried up and the power play hasn't been good all season. So, He's a guy that they need if they're going to go anywhere because, you know, we, we've said, I mean, he could, he's, he's kind of sleptwalked to 37 points. And 
There have been flashes. I mean, the pass to Yasperi Kotkaniemi against the Colorado Avalanche, the shift that led up to that was just a lot of hard work and a lot of nice, just, just nice winning battles, getting the puck back, and then firing a nice pass that not many other guys on this team could make to Yasperi Kotkaniemi. So don't interpret this as me questioning the skill. I would never question the skill. I'm questioning the drive and the intensity, and if it will be enough to drive the Montreal Canadiens' offense past, you know, into the playoffs. And then when you get there, what are you going to be playing against? Well, you've got a, the Metro division has been pretty tight, and there, there are teams over there that can score pretty well. And then in the Atlantic division, I mean, you look at the Boston Bruins, that top line, granted their struggles against Carey Price have been, have been well-documented, but the Toronto Maple Leafs pose a, an incredible threat don't even start with the Tampa Bay Lightning, but you know, it just kind of, it, it makes you wonder what exactly this second half of the season, unofficial second half of the season will bring for Jonathan Drouin and the Montreal Canadiens, because they'll need him to be something that quite frankly, to this point, he hasn't really shown that he's capable of being. Yeah, it's difficult because, as you said, he he is uh, getting his points. Um, yeah. But but it's it's I think it's it, well it is I don't think it is his effort level or his lack of effort, um, his work ethic uh, that's so questionable, um, yeah. and his total disinterest in in playing when he doesn't have the puck and and you look at. Um, you know, you look at goals against per 60 and, and uh, yeah. one of the worst forwards on the team. You look at his Corsi 4, uh, the relative Corsi 4, one of the worst on the team, one of the worst forwards on the team. And, and he has to, um, you know, if this is a new attitude team, if this is a, a team that's, that's going to be based on hard work, um, yeah, he, he can't, he can't coast to, uh, uh, getting the points that he got in the, in the first half has games become much tougher and he's going yeah. to have to play in all areas of the ice. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's really disappointing to see someone with talent uh, that, that doesn't, uh, uh, you know, work hard every single game. Yeah. And I mean, they've, they've done what they can to try to, put him with players. I mean, you, you saw earlier this season when Max Domi and, and Drew M were playing with Andrew Shaw. Now he's playing a little bit with Philip Deneau and, and Brendan Gallagher. So they're trying to, to mask it, but it's still not, it's still glaring. And that's an issue because you, you want your best players or your most talented players to be also capable of playing in, in all areas of the ice. And I understand that there are players that have made their careers not being stout defensively. And, and offensive guys get that reputation from time to time. But I would also just like to see the, the efforts that he displayed in that, in that one shift against the, the Colorado Avalanche. And that's why I cite it as that one shift, because it seems that it happened so infrequently that it's just that. It is this thing that, you know what, he could do it if he applied himself, but it just doesn't feel like he's doing it enough. And if the Montreal Canadiens want to go somewhere with this, he, he's capable of being something more than he has been and that's why it's frustrating and I and I know that people will interpret this as me just you know you know he has his legions of fans and look he's got the points to back that up he's he's put up you know a, a pretty a pretty good first half of the season all things considered I don't think he's been you know that great but 37 points in 51 games it's good enough for hurt on the team 
So he's done some things right, but you know, you want to see a little bit more of that, especially as, as the games are going to start to get tougher, as you say. So we'll see how this all unfolds when uh, they get back and, and return after a, a nice long bye week to, uh, to milk all their, all their, uh, milk all the, uh, the accomplishments of the first half of the season. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, so I guess we'll take a little break, just a quick one. And when we come back, we're going to debut this, this special segment for this episode that has to do with all stars and, and other things associated with, uh, with stars and, and whatnot. So we'll be back after this. <laughs> Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. back here on the Canadian Connection podcast. Um, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about times with, because it's All-Star Weekend and, you know, it's, it's a time where you have all of the league's best players in one spot. We're going to talk about times where we've encountered that in, in life, times where we've, we've seen people, we've seen, you know, uh, hockey players, athletes, whatever they may be, musicians, I don't know. It could be really anything. I know that Rick has got a lot of great stories. I don't have as many because I live in Newfoundland and there's not often very important people in Newfoundland unless it's like the summer and they just come and see Signal Hill and stuff. But I know that Rick has got some great stories. So Rick, I'll let you bat lead off here and, and then I'll follow up with, with the time that, I don't know, I've seen some, some, someone, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I feel very fortunate and, uh, and you yourself as uh, being credentialed yeah. means you, you get to yeah. go in the locker room and you get to meet, uh, these guys who are, who are for the most part, just guys, um, yeah. just yeah. regular guys, regular players. And, um, 
and it's you know it's a thrill to do it uh we're doing a job and and uh being professional but it's 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 fun to uh to meet these people <laughs> as well and so yeah. the the story that i thought of was something away from the rink um these these guys being regular guys um yeah. and it goes back to when i was um i was grocery shopping um my local iga and uh i was uh in one of the aisles and um I was looking at soup. I was trying to decide about soup. It's such a tough decision. <laughs> what kind of soup? And as my focus is all on the soup, um, wham, I get, <laughs> get smacked into um, from the side. And I whipped around and there was one of these, um, I guess they're in, in every supermarket, but but they certainly are in. IGA. It's a ghost cart with an amusement ride bolted on the front, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. For kids, essentially. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there was <laughs> this this uh, little blonde girl, um, and she was she had the steering wheel going, um, <laughs> and looked up like, "Hey, it wasn't me," um, that just slammed into you. And looked back at who was pushing the cart, and there was a guy, and he had a two-year-old climbing on his head, so he his <laughs> vision was completely obscured. Um, a two-year-old boy was was climbing all over him, and and so you know, I, it it was clear why why this uh, gentleman had slammed into me. He couldn't see; his vision was obstructed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a whole. He's steering a whole RV, you know, down the <laughs> down the aisle, and then his he, he's got a rambunctious uh, two year old on his head. So um, this dad peeled this kid off of his head, and there standing before me was Saku Koibu. My goodness. <laughs> and yeah, he was shopping his daughter, uh, Ilona and his son Atos and, and um so he he was uh, very apologetic. He was, Oh, I'm so sorry and and uh, you know, I we exchanged a few words and, and let him know that I know knew who he was and and yeah. uh, Canadians fan and all that. <laughs> and and he he was very, very gracious, very gracious. So, that is a um, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Just taking a sip of water here. Um Yeah. So um that that was nice. But then yeah. um I went we we went in our opposite directions and went down the next aisle and oh here comes here comes the amusement ride again. Oh goodness. And so you make some <laughs> You know, you make some kind of wisecrack about giving them a wide berth and all that. He chuckles and and <laughs> go the next aisle. There he is again, and he's oh gee, I'm so sorry, and he's apologizing again. And and I see him every aisle we meet up, every aisle we meet up, and he has oh some kind of comment. He has some kind of little joke. He he apologizes again. So um, the next three or four aisles, this happens, and then. We both end up at the, the checkout side by side in the aisles. Now, at this point, 
uh, Hannah, uh, Saka's wife, has caught up with the. I don't. I don't know where she was when all this commotion was going on, but she's caught yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, she's with the kids, uh, or with the daughter, um, and and watching the groceries. Saku comes out and still has the boy in his arms, and and uh, comes over to me again, and uh, so he asked me. Um, you know, if I was from Montreal and I told him no and where and how, how I became a Canadians fan. And, and I told him that, uh, you know, we had a website and um, writing and covering the Canadians. And he said, you know, he appreciates all this support, appreciates what we do. And, and uh, it was, it was just a really nice um, moment. He, he you know, patted me on the arm, shook my hand and, and this, this, beaming smile that he has and <laughs> he couldn't have been more nice. He couldn't have been more genuine. Uh, yeah. he was, he's just any, and, and, you know, anyone who's met him talks about how uh, down to earth he, he, he was. And I, yeah. I thought of it. Um, I, I thought of this story. Um, um, you know, here's this, he's a world-class hockey player. He's uh, second longest serving captain with the Canadians. Um, a, a family man, a, a, a class human being. We saw that throughout his career. Um, yeah. And Arpan Basu tweeted uh, last week and said, I'll read his tweet. Uh, Every home game, Saku Koivu appears last on the scoreboard, ending a montage of former players talking about what it was like to play for the Canadians. Every home game, he draws a round of applause every single time. <laughs> and that's just the kind of respect that people have for him. Um, amazing on and off the ice. And uh, it was, it was my pleasure to be crashed into. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's a remarkable story of, of just a remarkable human being, quite honestly. And, and he's, he was my favorite player growing up and, and, you know, I've written, I think the first, thing that I wrote for allhabs.net may have been I mean I've, I'd written for the AHR report over the course of the, the uh, when I covered the ice caps but the first thing that I said was that I, I would like him to be honored have his number raised to the rafters and uh, you know yeah that's that's a that's a great story that's a, that's a story that's tough to follow but I'll do my best uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah so I've had the the great pleasure of meeting a, a lot of great athletes like you said when when you're covering a, a sports team, I mean, I, at the time of, of when I covered the Ice Caps, the, the Montreal Canadiens, I mean, you kind of seen the infusion of young talent at that point where you'd had Sherback and Karen and, and some, and Della Rose and Brett Lernout and Daniel Audette. And there was just kind of a little bit more young talent than we had seen previously. And, and some, some great veterans as well, like Chris Terry, Bobby Farnham. And, uh, and of course, Charlie Lindgren between the pipes. So I got to meet all those guys and, and, and interview Sylvana Babe and many old other guys as well. So that was great. Um, but I mean, other, other than that, I mean, when we were in Dallas for the draft, that was where it was kind of, that was the first time at an NHL draft. And, and I kind of, and I, as I said on, uh, I wrote a little article about that afterwards it was like kind of where's Waldo, but instead of there's just one guy in a striped shirt, it was just thousands of hockey men, like just everywhere. Like it was like Lou Lamorello just randomly walked by and it wasn't weird. It was just, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Lou Lamorello is here. And, uh, and, you know, just seeing, looking down on the floor and seeing guys like Steve Eiserman and, and Mark Bergevin, obviously Trevor Timmons, but, um, the one that kind of stuck out of my mind was after the draft where 
uh, we were somewhere eating and then just behind us was uh, Dale Hunter and Mark Hunter and I believe Tim Hunter, if memory serves correctly. I'm not sure if that's that's accurate, but uh, I thought that he was there, at least uh, when I was thinking about uh, this story potentially being what I would tell for this segment. Um, but yeah, so my uh, my dad was kind of, you know, because he knows all of these people, I, and I do as well, but I mean, he knows them from their playing days, and I don't know any of that, but uh <laughs> Uh, Gila Point was there as well, and we and and that was a thing. People got pictures with with Gila Point. He was great, but uh, Dale Hunter was was a really nice guy, and and my dad was just kind of having a conversation with him as he was walking uh, towards the restroom. And so, anyways, uh, before he goes in, Dad is good. my dad goes, "Hey, can I get a picture?" And he was like, "Well, you asked at the right time." <laughs> so, uh, and uh, after seeing that picture of of my dad with with Dale Hunter my mom goes uh I've never seen you smile like that in a picture with me so I know that he must be someone important (laughs) and uh so uh yeah that that was kind of the uh you know after seeing for multiple days I mean like it wasn't the first time that we had seen Mark Hunter he had been there as we were walking in for the first day of the draft you know it was it was just a remarkable experience not only meeting the likes of, uh, of of Rick Stevens and Amy Johnson for the first time, and meeting Blaine and Treg and all of and, and Matt and all of the wonderful people that went with us, but also just looking out and seeing all of these people that I had seen before, and it just kind of struck me at that moment that wow, well this is an event. This is something that you know I see all of these people all the time, but this is the first time seeing them in person, and it was uh, yeah, it was a, a remarkable experience, and uh, and I'm sure that uh, my dad will not forget asking Dale Hunter for a picture on the, uh, on the way to, uh, to the washroom. So that to me well, was, it was one that stuck out. It was great meeting your dad. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and yes, he was certainly impressed by, uh, by meeting, um, you know, Dale Hunter. And, and I, I'm not sure he knew what he was getting into, but once he got yeah. there and whether it was Craig Langway going by or, or uh, Mark Hunter or, or uh, Guy Lapointe, as you mentioned, yeah. uh, he uh, he had a great time, and that's something that uh, you know the, the the draft, the NHL draft, is uh, is one of my favorite events. And as you said, everybody in hockey is there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, uh, all Habs and 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 Rocket Sports, um, we've been lucky enough to take uh, fifty. Uh, members of of both our 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 Rocket Sports team, our writers, our contributors, uh, but also fans uh, with us uh, from all over, and we've been doing it for a while now. Um, and uh, hopefully, uh, with the cooperation of the NHL, we'll get to do it uh, in Vancouver. So if you're planning ahead, uh, start mm-hmm. to go to uh, Vancouver, and uh, and we'll uh, we usually have a bit of a contest, and and to uh, yeah. we have lots of interest, and in, and in to try to. Uh, bring as many as uh, our our listeners and our followers as we can. So uh, uh, pay attention to that and be planning ahead for Vancouver this year. Yeah, it's a great experience, and it's happening in Canada this year. So that's going to be a, a whole other kind of a, a whole other experience in itself. So uh, yeah, so I guess we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss potential trade targets for the Montreal Canadiens. We threw the question out there this week. Uh, will Mark Bergevin make a deadline move to help the Habs with a playoff drive? If so, who should he target? 
So we're going to get to your answers. We're also going to give our opinions to start, but we'll get to your answers to that question in just a moment. So stick around. We'll be back. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. here on the Canadian Connection podcast. We mentioned that we were going to be talking about some potential trade targets for the Montreal Canadiens. If you remember off the top of the show, we said that this would be something to, uh, to consider for the second half of the season with obviously, I mean, now that we're at the all-star break trade deadline is, is looming. It's, it's not too far off in the future. So it's, it's time to start having this type of a conversation. So before we get into the answers of the question of the week, and we, uh, we asked you earlier, Will Mark Bergevin make a de- uh, deadline move to help the Habs with a playoff drive? If so, who should he target? So, before we get there, I'll just I'll just say I, I my for for my money I think it's kind of it would be not really productive for the Montreal Canadiens to go out and make a big deadline deal. And we've seen Mark Bergevin make big deadline deals. But he made the point a couple weeks back that, you know, like he kind of knows who teams are going to be asking for after the World Juniors, where the Montreal Canadiens prospects kind of dominated that tournament. So if they're going to go out and look at adding somebody that, you know, maybe in, 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 the, in the kind of hope that they would be a top six forward or potentially a left side defenseman that could play in the top four, I think that they are going to be going in a direction that isn't really productive for them, given what they have. And, you know, given the fact that these guys could be a year or two 
you know, down the road. It isn't too far off. These guys could be a part of the Montreal Canadiens in, in, in the near future. I don't know if it's, if it's going to be uh, necessary to mortgage that for, for what may be or may not be a playoff run. So I'll go back to what I said last week, which was that the Montreal Canadiens, I think, are going to have to get a fourth line forward. And I don't know who that's going to be. I don't really have anyone cited because, look, if, if you're going to go and get a fourth line forward, I don't imagine it's going to be a, a you know an extremely high ask for, for someone like that. And it would be probably within the Montreal Canadiens spending, um, you know, their, uh, their allowance, I'll say, uh, for them to go and, and get a fourth line center that may be a little bit more effective in that role than, than a Michael Chaput, who we've seen for the better part of the past two months as the Montreal Canadiens fourth line center. Um, there was a name that's going to, that was thrown out and I'll, get back to that when we read out your answers and this is that would be a guy that I would think uh, that I think would fit in well but we'll uh, we'll save that for just a little bit we'll put a pin in that and I'll bring that one up later but one of the like one of the this was one that I that's a little bit more long term because I don't want the Montreal Canadiens to trade for this guy I would rather them go out this summer and we've had the conversation about the Montreal Canadiens when it comes to spending the money that they have and and keep in mind they are sitting on about you know, it's, it's what, seven, nine, between seven and nine million. It's something like that. I mean, um, I don't have the number in front of me, but they have a lot of money and they have had a lot of money for uh, a couple of years now. And it would be refreshing if they would go out and spend that money rather than sit on it. And I know that they made this past summer, uh, you got Yol Armia, they used the cap space as a bit of an, uh, as a bit of a weapon and were able to get a quality player like that. But for the Montreal Canadiens, when you have uh, Shea Weber and Carey Price locked up to the contract they are locked up to, you should probably go out and, and address some of your immediate needs because those guys are not getting any younger. And one guy that I think would be interesting, and I'm not suggesting that this is going to happen or if it, you know, if it even makes sense, but one guy that I've always liked is Wayne Simmons. And uh, I know that that is kind of, you know, I haven't seen a whole lot of him this year, um, but to me, I think that that would be a guy that, He's a, he's a guy that could play net front presence on the power play, bang in some rebounds, and potentially be a guy that brings out a little bit more in Jonathan Drouin and, and Max Domi. And that, that to me would be, I know that, you know, the fourth line forward isn't exactly the, uh, the sexy option. So I, I decided that I'd just throw in a, a you know, a, a recognizable name and just say that, you know what, maybe this isn't a guy that you get, you know, because it would be a, a fairly steep price, I would imagine but maybe this is a, more of a long-term kind of thing. But for me, I think it's probably more productive to just play it safe and see how things turn out. And I think we're hearing all kinds of names. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, particularly on defense, um, given yeah. we, what we talked about in the, in the first segment. Um, so we're hearing names like Jake Mus- Muzzin, um, who it's, I, I think it's pretty clear that the, the Kings are going to move him at the, the deadline. Uh, I know yeah. the Leafs are, are interested. Uh, Cam Fowler, who's having a tough season, uh, but, but might fill that role um, and would be a pretty good matchup with, with Shea Weber. Hampus Lindum, yeah. uh, Oscar Clefbaum in Edmonton. Um, but the issue with any of those big names is, is what Mark Bergevin said in his uh, press conference that he's not looking to, to move uh, first round their first round pick, uh, have a couple of seconds and, and so on, but he doesn't want to move the, the first round pick. And, and particularly 
with Jake Muzzin, I think uh, first round picks going to be involved. And as you said, um, he doesn't want to move any of the prospects that appeared at the World Juniors. So yeah, um, that really limits uh, what you can what you can bring bring in for uh, for that. So I think we've said before that that um, I see him doing uh, a smaller deal, not a swing for the fences deal. Um, and if if he did a, a big deal. Um, you know, I, I might be looking at someone like, and and this is probably because um, in Pennsylvania with the Rocket, um, <laughs> saw the Philadelphia Flyers farm uh, team last night, and you you look at uh, Philippe Myers who um, who scored last night, a great young defensive prospect uh, for the Flyers. They've got a load of young defensemen. Uh, Sam Moran hasn't played this year. He's he's yeah. on his way back. Um, another Q, uh, play, a player who played in the queue, uh, Robert Hag uh, yeah. with the Flyers, uh, Provorov um, and Sanheim as the first pair. I I really like Sanheim. And yeah. For so what is what does that mean for a guy like uh, Shane Gossespierre, um, who's 25 years old, um, you know, four and a half million dollars. Uh, he's, he's not having a great season. He's on the second pair, but there's a puck. Mo- he's a puck mover. He's skating ability, amazing quarterback on the power play. He can play yeah. a ton of minutes. Um, if you're looking at somebody who's uh, going to be not a, not a, a rental, not a, not a move that for this year, but that would fit in to your plans um, uh, Shane Gossespierre, I, I remember him from, from, uh, uh, the frozen four when he, he was with union college, Dan Carr was on that team and in the championship frozen four, uh, game, uh, Gossespierre was a plus seven, um, in the, in one game. Um, <laughs> I mean, he yeah. can be dynamic. He can be absolutely dynamic. The issue is going to be what you're going to have to, uh, put out for to get him and and of course the other factor is that that there's going to be change in philadelphia we know there's going to be change and and probably one of the reasons that you locked on to uh to simmons there Uh, but if we're looking at more modest deals yeah um we've had um uh, one of our our regular listeners is la canadienne and and um his favorite um uh is uh eric gustafson from from chicago um, a, a third pairing defenseman um, has has really nice offensive skills. He can uh, put in a lot of minutes for you. Um, you know, he he might be an upgrade. Uh, no, he he yeah. is a, an upgrade. Yeah. Um, he he would be one to to help out the the defense um, up front for forward. Um, I'm thinking about Oliver Bjorkstrand. Um, yeah, who I've always liked with Columbus and would be an upgrade to your, uh, to your point on the fourth line. Um, Frank Vitrano is having an amazing season uh, in Florida. He's on the top line scoring at will uh, 16 goals or so the last time I checked. Um, and of course there's that connection to, to Julianne cause he came up in the, in the Bruins yeah. uh, system. Um would you take a, a flyer on a, an Andre Burakowski with the Capitals, who's fallen out of favor there? Um, yeah. 
a dynamic offensive player doesn't always show up, but, um, but uh, might be uh, help on the, on the power play. And, 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 you know, uh, he's playing fourth line with Washington now might be available uh, at a reasonable price. Um, those are some of the names that, that I had uh, uh, running around my head. And, um, and of course we want to hear from, from you um, even after the show's over, you can reach us yeah. uh, uh, on any social media platform, um, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, check out our YouTube uh, account, uh, all Habs is is what you search for there, and you can text us anytime at five eight five three rocket five eight five three rocket, and let us know your uh, your take on this. Yeah, and I mean as you mentioned, uh, like at the end with his uh, with their uh, with with Eric Gustafson as as being the guy that they wanted, and, and they made sure that uh, they said they'll listen at two p.m. for the for the answer. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we get you in there and. Uh, a lot of other ones as well. I mean, I, I mentioned that uh, there was there's my humble O, which is at Puck Info, that says, I say like Lacadien, Gustafson, and maybe a swing for Brian Boyle, which I think would be a guy that potentially, I mean, when you look at one year left, one year remaining, making about 2.5 mil, you know, is, that's his cap hit, but it's not that much left over now. But he's a guy that I think would fit in well on that fourth line, bring a little bit of, 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 of some some penalty killing, some reliable play from a veteran guy that you wouldn't have any long term. You know, there's nothing that's holding you to this guy after this season. Maybe if 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 it's a reasonable price, that could be a guy. Uh, you have people saying Kevin Hayes. You have uh you know uh, Ricochet here at Kulin saying I don't see him making any big deals. Habs downfalls the power play, which I know will hurt them in the playoffs. But if they had to go for a player, I would like to see them get Kevin Hayes. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, emphasizing that I would love Kevin Hayes, you know, so there's a lot of guys. And then, as you say, there, there are people that are pointing out Jake Muzzin uh, might be a little bit more of a, uh, of a difficult deal to swing, but you know, it's, it's, it's in there. It's a, it's a possibility. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't think it might happen, but it, it could. And, and Chris G at has 360 at Chris has 360 rather. I only expect minor moves. These are the players that are most likely to be moved by Habs at the deadline. Udon, Ben, Niemi. And, uh, yeah, so generally it seems that there, there are certainly guys. I mean, you, you see Kevin Hayes popping up. You uh, you saw Gustafson pop up on a couple of times. But, yeah, it's people are, are, are thinking a lot like the way that the Montreal Canadiens are seeing this, where they have a lot of assets and if teams are going to be asking for too much, Perhaps it's just best to play it safe. So what is Facebook saying? On the All Habs fan page on Facebook, and again, to find it, uh, just uh, search for All Habs. We have Matthew Schneider, who says uh, Simmons. Um, agrees with you there on Simmons. Kind of a streaky yeah. <laughs> player, but what would bring some size uh, yeah. up front. Um, Carl Mulholland is thinking bigger <laughs> and Ooh. he's looking at Duchesne from Ottawa O'Reilly or Shen from St. Louis. Um, all right. Dream big. Uh, <laughs> George Dupre says uh, he wants to see Jonathan Duran traded for Simmons. Okay. Um, Samuel Gerber. Uh, Samuel Gerber uh, is one of our contributors who prepares all of the game previews. Thanks for that. Sam. Yeah. He does a great job. Um, he says Patrick Maroon would come cheap, uh, hasn't worked out well, um, 
for him with the Blues. And uh, again, we're looking at a guy that would bring some uh, size to the uh, to the lineup. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like there's a couple of running themes with this lineup. It's uh, the, the defense could use a little bit of a hand, and uh, you, you could use a little bit more size up front. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how things actually unfold at the deadline and uh, perhaps some of these suggestions, hey, maybe they could come true. So we'll see at the uh, NHL trade deadline. Mark Bergevin has a reputation for striking up a couple of deals. So uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, um I guess we will, uh, that'll be the end of the show for this week. Um, if you'd, uh, if, if you'd like to get anything in Rick, before we go, my only closing thought was it was really nice to see the ovation that Alex Galchenyuk got, uh, yeah. on Wednesday night when the coyotes were in town. Um, Alex Galchenyuk has been, uh, jumped on by the media a bit and re- remember that whole incident about them, heading down to Arizona yeah. to try and, and get him. But um, he had a, you know, a news conference uh, at the Ritz Carlton and, and uh, there was more than 20 media members there and he sat and answered all their questions. And, and uh, I thought what was great was hearing from the coach and GM um, Rick Tockett talked about uh, Galchenyuk's attitude uh, talks about, um, how he can take criticism, how he can t- take uh, direction. Um, the general manager of the Coyotes said that that um, Galchenyuk was going to be um, their most impactful uh, player. He's dynamic. He's got offensive talent. Um, the direct comparisons, um, uh, uh, Alex Galchenyuk has certainly been far more productive on on the power play for the Coyotes than than a Max Domi has for the Canadians with the Canadians power play struggling, but Max Domi uh, certainly has uh, the leg up in terms of, of goals and, and assists and points um, and, and time on ice. Um, I, I think there was one comment that, uh, that you pointed out uh, from Elliot Friedman that, that you thought yeah. was uh, pretty accurate in terms of the, the comparisons that are going on. Yeah. And, you know, I thought that he pointed out something that was really important as well, which was, you know, before any of the conversations about what the trade meant, it was also that there was that smile on Alex Galchenyuk's face. And that was something that maybe we didn't see a whole lot of last year, the past couple of years. So it was, it was great to see him acknowledge, as you mentioned, and, and to, to get up and, and say thank you to the faithful that were, you know, that gave him a, a, a nice ovation. And then also, I mean, just to see that he is having, you know, a little bit of success since he's come back from injury. He's been he's been really good for the uh, for the Arizona Coyotes, and it's it's great to see because, you know, this is a deal that, you know, and you look at the deals that Mark Bergevin has made. This one that this is one that can shift. This isn't necessarily. I know that people at the time, you know, back in December might have been saying that this was, you know, the Montreal Canadiens clear cut winners of this trade. Well, this has got. A lot of legs on it. This could really be going back and forth over the over the coming years, and and we've seen a lot of, of good things from Alex Galchenyuk since he's returned, and, and as you said, it was great to see him get acknowledged in that way, and, and it's great to see him with a smile on his face, uh, enjoying his uh, and, and clearly being enjoyed by the Arizona Coyotes with uh, Rick Tockett and, and John Shaka making those types of comments. 
Uh, so I guess we will sign off for another week. Uh, we'd like to thank you for joining us. And uh, this podcast, if you'd like to subscribe to Rocket Sports Radio, it's available on all your favorite podcasts and platforms, iTunes, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And now you get uh, Habs Unfiltered, you got Have a Listen, you have uh, From the Press Box, you got the whole shebang on there. So you get that, you get four, it's a four for one special. You hit that subscribe button, you get all four of them, and they're all great. So don't uh, don't miss an episode, and you can find all of them on, there's a nice uh, link there that can get you all of the episodes of this podcast, Canadian Connection, and you can follow, Habs, uh, follow Canadian Connection at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can follow me on Twitter at Joela19, Rick Manning, the at all Habs account. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll be right back with you. As Rick mentioned, next week, special start time. We're going to be starting just an hour earlier. That'll be 12 Eastern. That's 1.30 p.m. Newfoundland time. So Rick will be, uh, you're going to be in Hershey tonight for the, uh, you're going to be covering for the AHL report. So that should be great. Follow AHL, uh, the AHL report on Twitter. AHL.report is the website you can uh, uh, catch up on all the action. You can uh, see some video. You can get uh, post-game audio. Uh, everything there uh, for the Laval Rocket. Yeah, and they've got you covered as well. And from the Press Box, a great podcast. Give that a listen as well. We'll be right back with you next week with an episode of the uh, Canadian Connection podcast. Get you set up for a matinee at the Bell Center uh, Super Bowl weekend against the uh, New Jersey Devils. So we'll be back with you then. We will talk to you then. Thank you for tuning in to Canadians Connection. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.